Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what's so broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Camp Benny's on oysters, about however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame. Now, the reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them. Because if you break the record, everybody with you eats free. Now here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Saturday morning. Just uh, hanging out and talking to everybody, kind of anticipating on what's going to go on with this, with fishing after this cold weather hits. But uh, looks like no harm, no foul to me. It's going to get cold, of course. Water temperature is going to drop, but uh, I think the fish will be fine. All looks good to me. 
but uh, it could be warmer, but it's, it's what we do in the wintertime. We deal with this kind of stuff. All right, well, let's head down south to Corpus Christi and uh, check in with our good friend, Captain Cliff Webb. Good morning, Cliff. What's up, bud? Oh, waiting for the big cold weather. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, you're going to have it a little better than us down there. Yeah, it's, uh, they kind of backed off it a little bit here, too. They What, are y'all going to freeze like one night or something? Yeah, it's not as yeah. bad as they were first talking. You know, they, they're backing off what they're saying now, but it's all good, man. It's uh, I don't think we're going to get any kind of fish kill, but uh, <clears throat> definitely going to kill some weed and stuff out there on the ranch. All that green stuff's going to go away, so that's good. Yeah, it, uh, it'll get a little frosty out there. That uh, pretty green grass we've been experiencing this year in South <laughs> Texas is going to be a little brown after this. Yeah, I think the, back, the backyard's not going to look exactly the same, but that's all right, man. That's no. all right. But uh, it's been a good week. I sent you some. Your buddies came yeah, down, you know. I got your photos. I've failed to reply to them, but uh, oh, no worries, man. But uh, you know, last week I was in Laredo hunting at this time, and uh, just had an unbelievable Friday. Killed those two big bucks. And uh, Saturday, I guess I talked to you uh, Saturday night, and um, we came, we came back Sunday. We were we're back early. We uh, we hunted. Uh, I guess it was excuse me Saturday morning. We hunted uh, dove, and it was just sick. Nick, he just he stripped <laughs> those, those corn out there, just uh, you know boat all that corn down on the field for all the deer and those, those northern birds were in there and just big old fat pigeons in there so we did a little deer hunt in the, in the morning didn't see a whole lot you know saw a bobcat carrying a quail down the road that was pretty neat you know had a big old quail on his mouth just walking down the road he wasn't about to give it up either he took off and <clears throat> but uh, shot a bunch of dove then and i came back and started fishing then but i had a really good trip with kelly and, and jimmy and, and uh, mike and those guys and and uh, it was Cameron. It's the sun came down, but uh, so Wednesday, you know, we just came through that real heavy wind. It was just blowing like crazy today, oh, no. fifty miles an hour on Tuesday. Then, and they get here Tuesday night, and uh, they roll in town, you know. And I'm just quite look at the wind, and and that morning was blowing like crazy. It was supposed to slow down a little bit, you know. So I says, man, you know, let's let's try a little bit later in the morning. So we left here about ten o'clock on the Wednesday morning, pulled out here, and I'm thinking, man, it's a high pressure bite. We still got a super strong west wind, and you know, we just don't do that good here on the west winds. <clears throat> so I'm concerned, you know, that we're not going to get a big bite. And actually, we did pretty good for a west wind. You know, of course, right. I, got, I got four really good fishermen. And uh, we fished some deep potholes, and, you know, we weighted it and uh, caught some real nice fish, nothing over four pounds, but some, you know, real big reds and slot, slot size reds. Of course, released everything. And then right at dark, about 530, uh, one of the guys, Mike, is throwing a soft eye. Up in this little cove, you know, he gets a big thump, big fish, you know, and misses it. God dang it, I just miss it, never gets enough thump. So we leave, and we notice in this cove just a bunch of that little six, seven-inch bait flipping in there. And I said, man, they're going to be here in the morning. So uh, we rolled in there that next morning, and uh, I put uh, two of the guys out. I put Cameron and, and uh, Mike on this point, and they walked one way. And then, uh, you know, I had uh, Kelly and uh, Jimmy walking the other way. And... Uh, they're throwing this bait. It's a it's a bass bait. It's a swim bass bait, and it's it's, it's the size of a chicken. It's about six. It's a big old swim bait, big old rubber <laughs> looking thing. It looks like a like I'm I'm saying under my breath, going man, I can't believe how big that thing is. And Kelly uh, says, yeah, I fished with Plog on it a few times, caught some good fish on it, you know. And uh, he had four big fish on him rolling that thing, just smacked it, bowed up, you know. And but he was losing, and they were coming off. It had one big trouble hook in the nose. Yeah, that's and a I'm, bad thing. Man, yeah, yeah, that's a bad thing. They that all that weight they can throw it, 
you know, and I'm just about ready to cut him, take it off and get a soft eye. And then he hangs one, you know, about five pounds, five and a half pounds and lands it, you know. And make a long story short, we, we fished that swim bait until they kind of got off a little bit about mid-morning. They kind of slowed down and caught some fish. And we decided to move out. The wind had picked up. We decided to move out deep and move down the shoreline about maybe a mile or two. And that's when we caught that big fish. Uh, we pull out, and uh, Jimmy's fishing that uh, Laguna shrimp on a rat tail. He catches right. a six-and-a-half-pounder, and a six-and-a-half-pounder looked good compared to those fours. Threes and fours were catching, you know, in a oh, five. Oh, yeah, it always and does. Six, six, I've never six, seen a six-and-a-half-pounder that looked bad. <laughs> yeah, he was dirty, man. Jimmy's really excited about catching, you know, so we, we, we photoed that fish and, and released it and stuff, you know, and just high-five. So he's definitely got the big fish today so far, you know, and we're going along. And everybody's catching a lot of fish. The bike's really turned on now. Then, And I'm back in the boat. This is no lie. I'm talking to, to Robin Shire, the guy that owns Bass Assassin. And I'm in the boat, I'm power pole down, I'd be about 50 yards away from these guys watching them just bow up, catching fish. And I'm, I'm telling Rob, and I said, man, that Laguna shrimp is on fire right now, buddy. I'm, we're all lined up catching fish on your bait right now. And he said, that's great, that's great. I said, oh, just a minute, Robin, this guy's bowed up. Jimmy's bowed up again on a big fish. And he's, he's pretty, I can hear his voice, you know, he's going around circles with it. And he tells his buddy, oh, it's a big red, it's a big red. And about that time, he goes, it's a real silver red. <laughs> and I go, oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and it's that eight. Hit that eight-pound trout. He pulls up this eight-pound trout. He doesn't have a boga, doesn't have a, you know. So Kelly and those guys run over to help him get it in, and uh, they they grab it. You know, I come over with my boga grip, snap onto it, and we wait right. and take those pictures. But, I mean, that was his personal best that day. He caught the two biggest fish of the trip, Jimmy did. You know, caught a six-and-a-half, and then he caught that eight. And that yeah. eight had some shoulders on it. Man, that fish was just Yeah, that fish thick was thick. Big. Yeah, it was thick. Oh, my God, it was big. I couldn't believe it. Well, I didn't think it weighed that much until we put it on a scale. And, uh, of course, we released that. Don't try to fool you, man. You know, one that you yeah. think you're not going to get much weight out of, it'll it'll yeah. hit them scales hard. And then the next one you think, boy, this is a toad here, and it won't weigh near what you thought it was. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's all about that length, that real thickness across the shoulders. And that and after that anal fin, that real fatness in the tail, you know, that's yeah, another thing. Yeah, you get that big base on the tail. That, that, big that's base a tail on the tail. tail that's what it right was. There. You he, got was it. He, was, he was a toad, man. Man. So we'll... We got into those fish, just had a great time with those guys, just good fishermen, you know. But uh, It was just one of those weeks, I got lucky on the fish, and I, I don't know what this freeze is going to do to him. I don't think we're going to lose any fish, Mickey, but, uh, nah, you know, we got the so. barge traffic is, you know, I'm kind of thinking what you guys are saying, the barge traffic is, you know, there's 10, 15 barges a day coming down there in Colton now, so I don't know what that's going to do to them. Hopefully, they'll uh, they'll be all right. Yeah. But uh, that's the worst-case scenario is our barge traffic. I think they'd survive in all of our deep, you know, side channels that are 15 16 foot deep that someone survived there but that main channel i wish they would they, they they would shut them down for a few days but they don't you know it is what it is but um in, in general this 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 cold front's really going to help us it's going to keep that water in the 50s because once our water stays in the 50 we get a big trout bite you know when it when it's bouncing yes. back and forth to the 50s and 60s uh it's hard to pattern them out now when it's going to stay in the 50s i'm going to get them you know it's corky time so I, I had a trip this Tuesday. I don't think we're going to, I mean, excuse me, Monday, and I think we're going to cancel on Monday. Yeah, that that might be a little wise. <laughs> it might be a little wise. I don't wise. think you want any of that. <laughs> no, no. I, Barry and I are talking about maybe fishing on Tuesday. I got one guy that's, that'll do it with me. Barry's really mad at him, so he might go out on Tuesday. We'll see how the weather is. But if it's dropping yeah. too much, they won't bite, you know. That'll, we'll be, see how, how. that'll be cold, that nice short boat ride you always take down <laughs> south. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Man, there's when days you, you can't when get When you get there, on. you got to thaw out before you start chunking. 
Oh man, that's that's bad too. Yeah. You know, I've had those where you just can't can't deal with your hands. That's that's the biggest thing in my my deal. I can keep everything, but trying to fish with I've tried every kind of glove in the world on Mickey and I have a hard time fishing with you know, those gloves. It, it's almost like gloves make my hands colder for whatever reason. It just yeah, it's just hard to hear. I don't know whether your hands sweat in them a little bit and it you know, it just it's nasty. Well, I have about you know, my price is bad enough than try to deal with the trying to deal with pushing a button in the reel and trying to handle <clears throat> the bait and I love it when you're trying to hook on corkies and always sticking in your gloves. <laughs> I just love that you're trying to dominate. Yeah, uh, multi-hook base gloves. with gloves on—that's that's, that's yeah, no good. Yes, yeah, sir, it's not good. But you know, I do what I got to do to stay out there. But you know, it's just funny. The older we get, the harder it is. You get colder. You definitely well, get colder. You know, and our hands are arthritic. Yeah. You know, from all the you know wear and tear yeah. on them, and you know, good. like the, everything else on your body. But man, the it's hands are good, a big though. deal. Man. Man, with that group I had, those all those boys are good fishermen. You, I think, Jamie, you guys have, you know, you had lucky to get to fish with the Kelly and that bunch. That's that's a bunch of good guys right there. Yes. Always look forward to them coming. You know, always look forward to them coming. Well, Kelly, yeah. he still holds the Sabine Lake record. Biggest Does trout he? ever caught at Sabine Lake. Yeah. How big was that? Eleven thirteen or something like that. Eleven. Something. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't. Know. Oh my God! You're talking about show. Kelly Rising, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's that's that's fishing him. He's fishing. Yeah, and it's so yeah. fishing yeah. food, baby. The, yeah, all the guys he brings the same way, man. Those guys are, and they don't. You know, I told them on Wednesday how it's going to be a tough fight. We don't care. We don't sit around the motel. We're going fishing. So they, they're grinders, kind of man. They just want to go yeah. fishing. They don't. They yeah. don't care. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, because you can't always. You can't, you it always doesn't work them. out. You can't catch them in the recliner. You got to get out there and chunk. <laughs> that's so true, buddy. That's so true, man. But uh, so, are you through hunting now? Are you done all hunting at hunting? Man, I don't know. I'm trying to, to. I'm trying to work, jump through hoops, and work some things out where I can possibly slip off. But uh, let me knock this break out, and I'll come back to you. Right, we'll talk some more about it. Let's get some all right, going here. All right, Cliff, hang on, buddy. All right, you're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. In the sturdy old part of the city Where the sun refused to shine People tell me it ain't no use in trying My little girl, you're so Good morning. Welcome back to the... Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. On a Saturday morning, it's 620 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's go talk some more with Captain Cliff Webb. All right, Cliff. All right, man. Yeah, hey, we is Blaine killed kill anything down there? I just got to ask you. It's getting his time. Man, you know? he's he's got a good one. And, uh, man, I've seen videos of this deer. I've seen pictures of it. And Blaine called, named him Rudolph. He saw him on Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. And, uh, when he was waiting on me to come down and, uh, man, he just hadn't pulled the hammer on it yet. Mm-hmm. Blaine just don't shoot a lot of deer, man. And it, you know, it's just, <laughs> and you know, in one picture, he'll look three and a half years old. And in the next photo or video, he'll look six years old. And it's, mm-hmm. he's not a giant body deer like that 200 pound class it's he's more in the 150 to 160 which makes him right. look younger but i think he's older i I think he's a five to six year old deer 
And Pinpoint or what? <clears throat> uh, it's actually a twelve. It's got split oh, split man. brows, and it's real wide, anywhere from twenty three, you know, twenty one to twenty three inches wide. Beautiful deer. Mm. And, oh yeah, uh, that's awesome. They've been passing that's on awesome. that deer for two weeks now, and <laughs> Travis has seen him. I've seen him. Blaine's seen him, and he shows up almost like clockwork, like that big eight does. And, uh-huh. Uh I don't know. It, <laughs> I don't know what he's waiting on. Yeah, that's good stuff. But, you know, but it's today funny could how, be the day. He may just pull a yeah, hammer. Yeah, this, this, this week might go be. some good bucks. Yeah, it, we're getting towards the end here, and that trigger finger starts itching a little more. <laughs> he might have to ground check him. I know. It's just funny because when we had the Kennedy Ranch and all stuff, it was, you know, after Christmas, after New Year's, kind of winding down and, we usually had a lot of doe to shoot. There was several hundred doe that people didn't shoot, so we're trying to get all the doe numbers down and all that. That's when we see those bucks we've never seen, that second rut, you know, where they come out and you go, where did that guy come from? He probably came from 10 miles away, you know? Right. Just ridiculous. I talked to my buddy came in town yesterday, Danny Hunsaker, and I used to hang out with Danny all the time and hunt all over Mexico and Texas with him and fish and stuff. And He moved to Colorado about 15 years ago, and he drew a ram tag, and so it's finally, after all these years, they're going to shoot a big ram. And those things never went. They were staying down in the valleys and people's yards and stuff. So he never got a shot out of them. So he usually shoots elk. But uh, so we had a whitetail. He got a whitetail tag. And he's walking with one of his buddies in Colorado. And that's that deer that I sent you the picture that double drop time. He says this whitetail jumps up in front of me about 40 yards. And he was laying down. And he didn't know what it was. He just looked in the scope, didn't know if it was a mule deer or whitetail or what. He didn't have a mule deer tag. He had a whitetail tag. And as soon as he saw that whitetail, it started running. He squeezed off and didn't know if he hit it or not, you know. He said, that was a double drop. I said, I can't believe that deer. And he thought he missed it, you know. And he had a buddy with him. And they're walking around. They find one little spot of blood. And uh, they track that deer 300 yards, and they find that deer dead. uh, Wow. That is a monster double drop. One spot of blood. One spot of blood. Didn't think they hit it. You know, he hit it, hit it in the rib, running away, and went up into his chest. You know, and he still oh, ran three hundred yards. Go. Got him. Made a half and a circle. Action working. Yep. That'll yep. work. And then he made a half circle. And Danny was just had his. He said, "I had my head down. I'm just going so bummed. I may have wounded him or missed him." He said, and I walked right up on him. <laughs> it was just amazing. But that's so cool, man. He's, he's you know, he's he's already. You know, he and I have covered some ground in Mexico. We're getting his his old truck and just. There's every bass lake in Mexico, places you've never heard of. We look at the map and go, well, there's a lake. Let's go see if we can get to it and drive down these Kaliki roads back when it was it was a lot safer than it would be now. You know, we, we right. paid our way through some things and, and did a lot of stuff with him. But he moved to Colorado. Now he, he's a big bow hunter there in Colorado. But what a what a whitetail to get on public land. Just, you know, and they think yes. it may have came out of Kansas or something because they've never seen it. No one, none of the locals have ever seen that deer or anything. And, uh, you know, just one of those deer just showed up. But the, <clears throat> that's what happens. You just never know what's going to show up from the property five, ten miles away from you. No, you don't. You really don't. No. Well, yeah, that's the that, that's the magic of deer hunting. You just uh, mm-hmm. when the rut's on like it is now, you you may pull a deer from two ranches mm-hmm. over on a hot day. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go to the ranch today, and you know, yeah, that's what Bill Fred and him are all filling up feeders today. Fred and his family's all out there at our ranch, and. And Raymond, so we're going to go out there and eat. And Fred's always got a bunch of food going, so we're going to go out and hang out. There's no telling what you're going to see in uh, this post rut stuff because you know, just that second rut shows up, and uh, those bucks really roam a lot looking for those does. 
Is his so, ranch uh, close to the border? No, no, uh, no. You talking about uh, uh, Fred, the guy I'm on? Yeah. You no, know, no. We're on that same lease. It's, it's just right there at Alice. It's all. Uh, oh, ben Bolt, that's not far from your house at all, then. You're, no, man. it's an hour, hour and fifteen minutes drive. But, yeah, that's you know, awesome. I'm, yeah, the one I'm hunting on Laredo is down in the down up in Laredo. That's three, almost three hours, two and a half hours. And you can see the mountains from Barry's place. You can see the mountains of Monterey in the afternoon. Yeah, the Sierra Madres. Blame one of his ranches. You can get on top of the uh, big uh, hill on it, and you can see the Sierra Madres from there. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Just incredible, man. Just just beautiful. But uh, the difference in body size and the deer where I'm at and the deer where Barry at is unbelievable body size. You know, that buck I shot was 230 pounds. You know, that second one I shot on that low fence. And what's the odds of pulling over there and that deer being there? That was nuts. That was absolutely nuts, Mickey. Where, you know, we shot that big deer, that big call, then we'd go across and get on the river. And the Border Patrol was driving down that river, you know, spooking stuff up in the air. That deer was standing there and having to get two, two deer in about an hour apart. That was just nuts. Amazing. Yeah. So I, I processed those over the week and going to have a, a bunch of good chili meat and stuff. I already had all my meat back from Belleville. Uh, Fred brought it all back to me, so I got a big load of that. I got some of that beef stick you told me, that dried beef stick. Yeah. From uh, that Chipotle. Oh, my God, that's good. How good is that? <laughs> yeah, you can just break it off in the boat and put it in your pocket. You, you know? talk about boat food, man. It is boat food, buddy. Yes, sir. And that's a, yeah, that's the best time about this time of year after deer season. All your clients are always bringing that summer sauces and stuff in the boat. You're picking out on it, you know. Oh, yeah. that's uh, My meat's already ready at the Belleville. It was fast. They told me, you know, they were they were so busy when I got there, and uh, I was surprised. I was in and out of there in 10 minutes. Really? The they, wow. Yeah, yeah, they just, they they got it going on. And and uh, Jerry said, well, yeah, it'll probably be a couple of weeks because, man, we got, we are there. I think their processing's up about 18 to 20% more this year than last year. Mm, that's good. That's so, good. No big deal. And then I got a call day before yesterday. She said, hey, you're ready to go. Come get it. So I'm going to try and work it out where I can get up there and get back before the Texans game comes on today. And There you go. That's going to be a good out. game, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got a big TV there at the at the ranch. So I, I don't know if I'll be sitting in the blind. I'll probably be watching that game until the very last minute. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to beat the bucks that I shot on our place, you know, the size-wise and stuff. There, we got some good bucks, but just – that mass and that body weight in Laredo oh, yeah. is just so impressive. You know, it's just so impressive to shoot a deer that's that big. Yeah, you know, just nuts. It's, uh, and the way the way that they take care of that place, Mickey, it's just incredible how they feed those deer, and they all got water and protein just all year long. Right. You know, and uh, that's kind of what it takes. But that deer that I shot on the low fence had no protein, no corn, all natural. And he's still over 230, you know, 230 pounds. That's just nuts. Just yes. all natural feed. Just a big old beast. Well, um, it, uh, you know, you were talking about shooting those two deer in one hour. I've never, you know, done that. But uh, I remember on my birthday a few years back, I shot a big 12-pointer that morning at Blaine's. And uh-huh. uh, it was on my birthday. So uh, David Brown took me to Laredo. And we uh, ate at a Mexican restaurant there that he likes, and, you know, it was very good. And then we went to his ranch to fill feeders, and I shot a big 10-pointer while I was there. That was uh, that was a pretty good birthday so there. Nice. Two big oh, old bucks. Yeah. And, and one day I'm going, man, I've died and gone to heaven. 
Jeez. <laughs> and there's years I don't get any. There's years I don't shoot a buck, you know. So yeah. it's funny how that works, you know. That's that's but, the way uh, it is, you know. It's just like when that uh, big elusive trout comes your way. Just uh, oh, man. enjoy the moment. And that was Used so to, we right catch several like that a day, and now yes, we're sir. looking yes, for sir. one like that a year, you know. You know, and Jimmy never thought he'd catch an eight-pound trout at his personal best, you know. But that was such a big fish. I did. It was so funny. I thought it was a redfish the whole time. Fish never did really walk the top until <laughs> it got real close. You know, just kind of, kind of stayed down. But what's the odds of being talking to the bass assassin man and catching a big fish on his bait while you're talking to him? That's, That's the odds are pretty slim pretty odds good. right there, dog. <laughs> and I, I sent that picture to Robin. You know, you know Robin. So he says, "I already oh, got yeah. that fish up to nine pounds." He goes, "I already got that fish up to nine pounds." I said, "Come on, Robin. I don't need no help, man. Come on." But he's he's funny, man. He was pretty excited about that. But that uh, Laguna shrimp is something else down here. It's that pink with that uh, copper flake in it, kind of a pale belly. I'm doing good on it up here too. That uh, yeah. That he said he sent uh, you some. Yeah. What's that? Uh, what's that other one? Uh, well, the one you turned me on to, and I was catching all the fish on with. Uh, what do you call that color? I'm, I'm, my mind's well, gone blank. What color? What's it look like? Oh, it's got the purplish and the flake and all that in it, and it's not like the slamming chicken that was called. Oh, uh, no, it's not purplish. It's green. It's the Houdini shad. That's that was. Oh, it. the Houdini. That's one of my yeah. favorite. The Houdini and clear yeah, water. that's, oh, that's a good bait, man. In clear water, yeah. that thing's just knock them out, John. It does. It's one of the favorite. And you know, you know, it's funny because that's one of Rousey's favorite baits. Is that, it? That and goldfish. Yeah, Rousey. Just, and so they changed. They changed the colors a few years ago. They took some of that black flake out of it, and the Rousey just went nuts. But they're still working. I said it's okay. They took a little black <laughs> flake out. Gets upset. I said it's all right, Dave. We're still catching the bass. Yeah, that's. Uh... I love the bass sets. In the winter, it's real soft. It has a lot of action when it's dead in the water. You can almost dead stick it, and it's still wiggling. You know, some of these harder plastics yeah, especially don't work. Yeah, a rat tail, man. It uh, definitely sure. moves. I mean, we've been, how long, how many years now we've been throwing the bass assassins? Uh, man, it's got to be 25 plus years, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. Maybe oh, yeah. longer. Oh, no. I remember when Doug started throwing that uh, pumpkin seed chartreuse. That was his number one bait. And, man, he caught some giant fish on that pumpkin seed chartreuse. You know, then, I, then my favorite for a long time was plum chartreuse down here. Then they came out with that uh, Laguna shrimp, and I just hard to get off Laguna shrimp. I bounced back and forth to the plum and, and that one. And of I course, was, when the I water was hung up on right the red shad for that's what I was well, going to tell you. I mean, how cold, many big fish cold. have died to that color, man? Uh, especially if the water's under fifty, you know, or around fifty or or fifty-five, right. really, really cold. They just eat that red shad up. You know. Yeah, that was a killer in the early spring. You know, up my way. Wading those flats when the water was, you know, still fairly cold. Boy, they just, they would nuke it. Yeah, you know, it's just funny because Fire Tiger for a long time was just crazy down here. And you hardly ever see anybody with a Fire Tiger on. It's funny how they go through phases with baits. I need to dig around and find another Fire Tiger so I know they're going to smoke it, you know. It's kind of like you talking about that that topwater bait, too, that uh, bright-colored topwater bait. What would you call it? The clown? uh, the, uh, the, uh, The frogger? The frog, yeah, there was that's yeah. a crazy bait that works here. You know, it's just the ugliest color, and you right. wouldn't think it would work, and they just kill it. It's like the baby bass, uh, bass assassin in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. It looks like a baby bass, and they eat it. So, you know, it's kind of like Kelly throwing that, that big old mega bass swim bait. I just got, I look, I go, what? luckily I didn't say that because he, he had four fish on where I had a bite. Well, I've learned yeah. over the years never, never <laughs> open your mouth or say anything. You watch some guy. <laughs> tie on this ridiculous looking bait and go yeah 
I've learned my you know, lesson. That guy doesn't have a snowball's chance in catching a fish on that first cast. Uh, you're real a toad in. You're going, well, yeah. I'm glad I didn't say anything. Oh, my. Okay, you look stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of sit back and, and you got another one, you know? <laughs> just anyway. Yeah, like uh, one more fish like that and you better have enough for the rest of the boat there, bud. <laughs> I, and so he was hosing me, him and they were hosing me, him and his son, uh, Cameron, were just hosed me on that bag, you know. So the other boys were walked the other way. So they've had like four or five in a row. I had a bite. So I said, oh, let me go get the other boat and check on those other guys. So I, I walked back away from him and got in the boat and checked on the other two guys. I was getting whipped so bad. <laughs> no, yeah, that was I'm out of here. I'm not going to watch this <laughs> show any here, longer. Man. I got other things <laughs> so to do. Anyway, I went back and picked up those guys and brought them all together, and we all waited down that shoreline and caught them. But, <laughs> man, that was a fun week, Nicky. Looking forward to this week. I'll let you know we ought to get a good fish later on this week. I'm thinking about Wednesday or Thursday. I ought to get a good bite down here, hopefully. You just might. You might. Uh, I'm hoping, man. I remember, you know, all the years knowing, you know, Doug Bird and everything and talking to him. We'd talk for an hour on the phone at a time, and his pattern was pretty similar to what we were doing up here, and we're all catching big fish back then and bragging to each other. And he had uh, he would just start licking his chops when a real big front was coming in. Oh, I know it. He said, hey, man. He said, I know y'all Y'all have to wait a day or two before your bite uh, picks back up. But he said, hey, after one of these rips and orders like this, I'm out there the very next day, and those fish go bananas. It's weird how that is, you know. Isn't it takes a real hard drop to make them shut down. You know, it's it's funny how they eat, 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 and they reach a certain temperature, they'll shut down for 12, or 12 maybe 15 hours, and they bite again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, you know Jay and I caught them in 47-degree water. That's nuts. You know, the coldest water I ever caught him on in was um, James and I were over at Calcasieu behind a big, you know, front like this, and it was 40 degrees, the water mm. temp. It burned your legs water was through 40. your waders. We oh, were layered up, man. and it was so cold it was just bitter, but we had sunshine. And those uh-huh. fish pulled up in there about mid-morning to midday, and about knee-deep to waist-deep water, and my goodness gracious, you couldn't get I mean, you couldn't work your lure too fast. I mean, they'd come get it. We were throwing, I think we were throwing catch 2000s is what they were. Those big mm-hmm. fish were eating that's that nuts. green back one, that 19 color. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Yeah, that's not pretty nuts. Degrees. Oh, man. Yeah, that that's, just goes that's to stuff. show you, you know, it, uh, before it gets to that real critical state in the, when you get in the high 30s and those fish start getting real lethargic and stunned and mm-hmm. on the point of dying, before that, they're eating like crazy. It's just nuts. Yeah, um, I think we're going to be okay on this one. I think we're going to. Yeah, we're going to find everything you think you know about trout. You really don't. They'll mm-hmm. they'll uh, they'll fool you. They'll do something and these, completely these, yeah, out these, of context. You know exactly. And these fish, these these fronts that don't kill them, they they condition them. So the next really cold one, they're going to be conditioned a little more. They're going to move closer to the deeper water. They're already used to cold. It's these ones that. When the water goes from 75 to, you know, 35, that's when it that hurts. Goes real quick when that hurts us. But we've had a gradual, gradual cold. Yeah, we have. We, we've been gradually so going down on the temperature scale. I think so. we'll be good. We'll all be right, good. bud. We'll have fun at the deer lease today. And uh, go Texans and all that. Somebody go wants to Texas. tell you about fishing. How they call yeah, that's you. New, yeah, that's good. I'll be like that new quarterback, and he's something else. Anyway, make it appreciate you have me on, buddy. I'm an Eric Coach. Go Texans. All right, Cliff. Hey, we'll see you, bud. Have a good weekend. Later. All right, that's Captain Cliff Webb down in Corpus. 
All right, for this last segment coming up, we're going to open the phone lines up. If you care to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 713-572-4610. That's 713-572-4610. We'll be right back. Good morning and welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. It's a good song to come back in. We'll be playing that Monday and Tuesday morning. How about that? But uh, we've got these phone lines open for this last segment. If somebody wants to call in and uh, chew the fat a little bit with us, we'll be glad to hear from you. 713-572-4610. And... uh, Boy, a big topic these days, you know, this kind of cold weather coming in. I know everybody's craving crawfish, but the availability is terrible. And when you do find them, I know some guys that went and paid seventeen ninety nine a pound to eat crawfish the other night. Not me. That's I love them, but I don't love them that much. Seventeen dollars, seventeen ninety nine a pound. That is a lot. I love and, uh, like you. I mention, love my crawfish, but that is right. Expensive. But. Uh, you know, we were we were talking during the break about uh, oysters this time of year. This is good oyster weather too, and man, it's uh, you brought up uh, oysters, Rockefeller or whatever, you know. And mm-hmm. I always think, I always think of Gil Hooley's this time of year when everybody's craving oysters, and you go down there and get them smoked, come off the grill. You just you can't beat that. That's uh, hard to beat if you never tried it. You. Uh, Take your trip down there and check it out, man. It's uh, pretty good stuff. I'm looking forward to, to it now. Yeah, we used to uh, we'd run down to Hillman's back in the day and buy a sack right off the boat and uh, bring them home, and I'd fire up my big pit, get it real good and hot, and we'd put those oysters right out of the sack. We'd just spread them out on the pit, and we'd watch them. As soon as they start spitting water out between the two shells, we'd pull them off and shuck them, and then... Uh, Run them through hot sauce and. How many were you able to get on the on the grill at once? Oh, I got a big one. You can put the whole sack on there if you want oh, wow. to, but we'd put about a dozen or two at a time. Okay. And then we'd just sit there with our oyster knives on the edge of the pit and shuck <laughs> them and uh, eat them right off of there and chase them down with a good cold beer, cold weather. So that's uh, that's pretty good stuff. That's kind of hard to beat. <laughs> if you're looking for something to do. Well, anyway, but uh, no, if somebody uh, wants to give us a call, we we have open lines if you want to talk about anything. But, you know, with this Arctic blast coming in, this reminds me of so many winter fishing trips we've taken over the years prior to one of these. And uh, we, uh, man, we used to have some phenomenal trips ahead of one of these big blasts like this. Those fish were just, it was almost like they were suicidal. You know, just uh, staging up and heading for deep water areas and just, just piling up. Probably uh, probably the most unique one, it was on Christmas Eve in 83 before that big Arctic blast hit. 
we were at my dad's house and uh, my mom was baking and cooking and all that, you know, for the big night. We always celebrated Christmas Eve, you know, Christmas on Christmas Eve at my parents' house. And then we'd do my wife's house on Sunday, you know, the next day on Christmas Day. But uh, we're sitting there and at the bar and watching my mom do all this cooking. And we were talking about, you know, this weather system coming in, how raw and bad it was. And it was already blowing in. We had some, you know, winds kind of like yesterday coming with that front and like idiots uh even my dad fell for it we got him fired up we all jumped in my boat i think i had a uh i had a 20 foot all well back then deep v blue boat that uh crow marine sponsored me with that year from rosenberg down there and uh we slid in next door at crawley's put the boat in and we headed down to dow's reef it was a northwest wind so we had good protection on that tall bluff down there and if anybody knows anything about Dow's Reef, it starts in real shallow. And it uh, runs way out in the bay. And we just go in there and set up on the shell inside and just cut a long drift with the wind at our back all the way out to the end of it. And uh, you could not get a mirror lure back, whether you were throwing a 51, a 52 series, either one, shallow runner, deeper runner, it didn't matter. I'd never seen... I guess these trout were all, you know, coming down the shoreline and headed towards the ship channel where the deepest water was ahead of that front. And uh, it it was just, you just couldn't get a lure back, as James says. It, it was that way. And when we cut like three drifts and we caught so many fish, we couldn't even fill, fill our hands or anything. And I was young back then and pretty tough. And so we headed back and... We stopped at the little grocery store there after we pulled out of Crawley's and uh, to get eyes to pack those fish in. And uh, I'll never forget it. My dad opened the two doors to that and pulled a couple of bags out, and then he jumped in that cooler. He said, I'm going to pull in here and warm up. That's how cold it was. It was pretty bad. But we we had no idea what was approaching us. That, that front was just something else. All right, we do have one caller, and uh, let's get to him. He... Uh, he made the call, so we're going to take him. That's Rick Bice. Rick, what's up? Good morning, Captain Mickey. Good morning. You know, um, the next three or four days, there's going to be a lot of deer camps, fish camps. People are going to be in for a surprise when they go down there and everything's busted. True. I'm talking about from the freeze. I sent an email out to everybody I work with, deal with, said, you know, we're not doing nothing after Thursday. And um, and that's just some of the places we take care of. Um, just always have, and we're not really taking any more to speak of. But, uh, you know, I know I know my phone will ring today. They're saying, well, we're, we were going this weekend, and, and now I can't go, so can you go? And I'm gonna, I have to tell them no, because I'm actually busy this morning. I'm waiting for it to get a little bit more light. And um, I, I got something I'm working on here. Anyways, um, trying to figure out these temperatures between a cell phone, a truck, the, the radio, and the TV, uh, I, you know, I know that 
it's hard to figure out what Mother Nature's going to do, but gosh, they're 10, 15 degree ranges, and it changes by the hour. Yeah, I've been watching I mean, that I've for the last three or your, four days. You know, it just... You just got to wait till it get here, gets here, and deal with it. I mean, it's, I mean, when it gets yeah, that cold, well, what's you know, what's five or ten degrees? It just, it's cold. Well, it's just like I was trying to explain to one of my neighbors. You know, as far as I know, I, if it's twenty-seven or minus twenty-seven, which it is minus twenty-seven where my son is in Wyoming right now, <laughs> I just got a text from him. Does it really matter if it's minus 27 or 27? The water's still going to freeze, <laughs> and you're still going to be cold. So I'm I'm just wondering what's the big difference, you know, why does, what's so significant of being zero versus 20? Is, does it affect your skin differently? Or, yeah, it or uh, definitely frostbite sets in a lot quicker. I'm anxious to see so how many people at that. Weather. Yeah, that Kansas City game tonight. How many people end up with frostbite after that? Well, hey, you I, know the fans. Really you know the players. I think they'll be yeah. fine. But I'm talking about the fans. You know, they get a few Are beers in them and in go, the, man, it's not that bad out here. And then they wake up the next morning, their nose is falling off. <laughs> they're, they're they're playing uh, at Kansas City. Yes. Yeah, I think the uh, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll the wind chill. Well, the uh, Jake looked it up earlier, and I think the wind chill is only going to be twenty three below now instead of thirty below, like they originally forecasted. I feel bad for Miami, the Dolphins. Hey, they're they're in I Florida. Mean, they're, they're coming from eighty ready. plus degree weather. <laughs> you know, Dude. that's a hundred degree temper temperature differential. What about a body shock that is? Do you remember cool the movie Cool Runnings with John Candy? Yes, right. Remember how they were walking right out of the airport to the blizzard? Yep. That's what I'm thinking the Miami Dolphins players are thinking as soon as they walked out of the airport. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mickey, back in, I'm trying to remember now, it's either 72 or 3, somewhere in there when, when uh, University of Houston was playing uh, – in the Cotton Bowl, Notre Dame, and it was, Joe Montana. Yeah, it was the Joe Montana. It was the ice storm. I was just a little old kid, and I went with my brother. He's a he's a U of H guy, and uh, one of my brothers is, and uh, we went to that game. Yeah, and of course there wasn't a whole lot of people there, so we were able to you know kind of sit almost anywhere you want to. Sure, but <clears throat> they had these kind of like a chicken wire type of fence in front of you. I don't know why. And uh, it would ice over. You'd have to go up there and, and kick it and shake it and get the ice Knock off. the ice off well, of it so you see through it. Yeah, you can see. I mean, it's cold. Yeah, that's and, cold. Uh, <laughs> well, here's the deal. We finally had had enough about the third quarter. Me and my brother and one of my cousins. I was, I was, I was small. I was just a little kid. And uh, we we started trying to walk up out of that stadium up them concrete steps and them those handrails. We couldn't get out. Oh, you you literally couldn't walk up it without falling. <laughs> we made it, but I mean, it took forever to get out of there. And right at the end, there was an usher up there, and he had a a uh, these these ropes that they put up to block people off from going down a certain area or something. 
and he threw us that, and he tied it off to a chair up the top, and, and that helped a whole lot. But, man, I felt sorry for even back then. There was a lot of people. I thought they'll never get out of this thing. There was no well, way I'll to tell get you, out. I, the biggest thing I remember about that game, I watched every single second of it. And uh, when Bill Yeoman went forward on fourth and one at midfield, and we didn't make it, and then Joe Montana got the ball with, you know, he had under a minute, but that's that's when everybody found out about Joe Montana, Mr. Cool. Well, I mean, we he drove it down there and punched it honest. in, and, I mean, we lost the Cotton Bowl, and it was just, boy, you talk about a slap in the face. My goodness. We, we were not only cold and not dressed for it, but we thought that Houston won that game. And we got finally got out of there and got in the car and turned on the radio, and they had lost. Yep, that was a heartbreaker. That uh, my, my brother was devastated. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That was in '72, and I I can remember that like yeah. it was yesterday. What a slap in the 72, face! '72, three. I was about fourteen. I guess. I guess I wasn't as small as I was remembering, but I was about fourteen or fifteen right in there. Yeah, I think I'd just gotten out of high school. That was something. Yeah. Yeah, I graduated in 75, Northside boy. I went to Sam Houston High School. Yeah. Um, I was over there. I grew up in the in the good old hood where Guitar Dave is. I right. think he still lives on the same street. But anyways. Well, Mickey, I won't keep you. I know it's six. All right. Yeah, I got to go. I'm out of time. Okay, thank you very much. All right, Rick. See you, man. All right. Take and care. sorry about Bye. Mike Williams, I couldn't get to you, man. Sorry we ran out of time, but uh, open lines tomorrow. You call in. I'll put you up first. You'll be the man. But anyway, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show. But we'll be back in the morning bright and early at 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610 KILT Houston. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.